My guest today is Bonham Financial Group's Executive Vice President, Joe Lepresti. Joe has helped Bonham create a collaborative culture that nurtures leaders and empowers outstanding performance. He mentors countless financial professionals, members of the Bonham leadership team, and staff to help achieve their personal and professional goals. Today, we're going to discuss what traits can make up a successful financial advisor and so much more. There's so much great information in this episode. I hope you get a lot out of it. I'm Paul Blanco, and this is Small Steps, Big Wins. All right. Well, Joe Lepresti, welcome to the show, bud. Thanks for having me, Paul. You got it. I'm so excited about having you here. And uh, for all the listeners here, you guys are in for a treat today. Um, We're going to talk to Joe and Joe's been in the business a little over 30 years and close to 30 years coaching and developing advisors and uh, really honing your craft and having people break all kinds of records around you. When you think about this business, you know, getting an advisor to the top 1% of the industry is not easy. And it's definitely not easy when they, you know, many of them come off the campus first and then taking experienced producers and then changing their career for the better. You know, you've done it for a long time. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you just keep getting better at it. But before we dig into your coaching and stuff, why don't you talk a little bit about what attracted you to this business? Why you came in? Like, what makes you tick? Sure. I'd love to. Uh, thank you. And thanks for having me today. This you is an it. absolute honor to be able to spend a few minutes with you. You know, I guess the way I got into the business, when I graduated college, I was an athlete growing up, played sports, played sports in college, uh, got a finance degree. I come from a pretty large family. So I have six five brothers. Um, none of my brothers and my dad was a principal at a high school. Uh, were in any kind of sales position. So I was a little nervous getting into this business, to be honest with you. So I went into banking first and I uh, spent a couple of years in banking. I love the people I work with. I, I loved everything about it with the exception of two things. I realized a lot more about myself that I love dealing with people every day and I want to build a career where I can help others. And number two, I like the idea of controlling my own destiny. So I got into the business to really do those two things, to, to make a major impact on people's lives uh, in this situation financially, and then also to control my own destiny. And that's when I got into the business. Uh, I realized almost right away that I love, I love the business. I love making an impact on people's lives. And then after a couple of years, I got the opportunity to get into leadership. And I realized that um, it's a little bit of a different role. It's the same kind of role where you're making a major impact on people's lives, but you're really making an impact on the advisor's lives and how they can build a practice that they want to build um, and make a major impact on their own clients while at the same time making an impact on their lives. So uh, it definitely made the right decision to get into this business. And personally, I made the right decision to get into leadership, I think. You got to be, I agree you, you got to be doing this more for the big picture rather than just yourself. And then, uh, so as you know, you know, I ran my own firm for five years and I needed a mentor and you happened to be the guy. Um, I heard, I heard a lot about you. We had met a little bit prior to that. And, uh, every time I, every time I spoke to you, I was just intrigued by your vision, 
um, always thinking outside the box, always going where the ball's going, not where it is today. And I was very intrigued by that. And um, as you and I realized that we shared the same values of hard work and teamwork and family, um, you know, I, I was very attracted to you. Um, and hopefully I was attractive for you as well. And, you are. <laughs> um, and, you know, many of you listeners here probably realize where Paul's from, but he's from Brooklyn. And one thing I learned about Paul right away is that he's very persistent and he kept on trying to get me to leave the position I was in and come work with him. And initially I was like, really? Like we're in the same boat here. Why would I do that? But he broke me down and he made a statement one time and Paul, you made a statement. I don't know if you remember this, but you said that if you're an A-level talent and you surround yourself with A-level talent, there's a very good chance you're going to get A-plus results. You said you can be an A-level talent and surround yourself with B and C-level people. They might be really nice people, but you may not get A-plus results. And long story short, uh, literally, my goodness, uh, almost 24 years ago now, Paul convinced me that if we did this together, we could really create something special. So I did. And yeah. I came over to Barnum literally almost 24 years ago now. Yeah, it's amazing. And uh, we have created something special. And the cool thing is, you know, people say this to me. They say, you can't say that. I said, yes, I can, because it's true. We've really just got started. And uh, I use the same analogy today that uh, for everyone here that's on a team or partnering, you know, one plus one has to equal three. And it's the same thing as surrounding yourself with A-level talent. So we have this journey. You're here now. You've been coaching lots of advisors for a long period of time. I think that it's really cool that when you made that shift, you you really walked away from helping the end user, meaning the client, but now you get to do it. You know, you're a force multiplier because you get to do it through many advisors exactly. that you work with on a day-to-day -day basis. So you're you're checking both boxes there. But you, you said it, I, you have this passion for working with and coaching people. You did that on the field as an athlete, you do it as a, as, you know, as a parent, but now you're dealing with these advisors. And so what really gets you excited about that? Where is the passion? I'm sure there's days that are not as simple as others and give us like, you know, and what you do. What yeah, do you do with them? Sure. My, my typical, you know, time spent in the business, uh, weekend and week out, this is a 24 seven gig. And, you know, I look at the advisors as our customers. So my job is to bring maximum value to the customer, which happens to be the advisor in my situation so that they can go do the same thing with their clients. So I spend about 80% of my time. I set up a really good infrastructure around me with a lot of great A-level talent, including all the resources here at Barnum, fortunately for me, so that, you know, you always talked about strategic coach, how you always want to make sure you put yourself in a position to do what you do best and what you have a passion for. And what I have a passion for is coaching advisors. So literally 80 to 90% of the time that I spend in this business during work hours and off work hours is coaching advisors um, and helping them to grow whatever type of practice they want to grow. Um, so I, I love it and I have a passion for it. And whether it's a brand new kid coming off the college campus, uh, where they have their own challenges and trying to build their confidence level and build their skills, or it's a 20 year veteran that's trying to get to the next level and really not sure how to do that. Or it's a 15 year advisor that is struggling, keeping balance in their life and figuring out ways to make sure they're doing what they need to do for their home and their children 
or their health as well as their clients, that's really hard to do. And I think over the years, I've just learned a lot of lessons. And I realized that balance in life is so, so ultimately important. And I spend a lot of time on that end as well. Um, you know, as you know, I spend a lot of time talking about the happiness factor and, you know, I joke when I say I did a lot of research, I really didn't do too much research, but I know this, if people are happy with themselves, they tend to do much better with their work, with their relationships, with their health. And so a big factor, uh, in my communication with advisors is understanding truly where they are with their happiness factor and figuring out and helping them to figure out strategies that will work for them to get better in all areas of their life. So for me, um, in order to do that effectively, I think I have, you know, I had to be a really good listener. Um, so oftentimes in my coaching sessions, I'm doing probably very little talking, uh, but just asking a lot of questions and being, as you always asked me to be very curious and really listen to what they're saying and then help them to design strategies to improve in whatever it is that we're talking about that day. And I love doing that. I mean, there's just every day is different and I can do it all day long and uh, always just feel inspired one after the other. I just love doing it. I just have a passion for it. I don't, I don't consider this work at all. I told you the other day, I, and I joke about this, but I literally do skip to work every day. Yeah, I love doing this. And it's about the relationships that we've built that many of these advisors are part of our family you know, from getting in trouble at two o'clock in the morning with a kid that just got out of college and having myself or my wife counsel them, uh, kidding a little bit about that, but not really all the way up and through dealing with family challenges and tragedies and all this other stuff that in between, um, it's really, really fun for me to pick your head up after working with someone for five years or 10 years or 20 years and truly see the impact that they're having on their clients' lives the communities in which they serve, their families. It's really inspiring. Well, it's, it is inspiring. And, and when you skip to work each day, guys, I mean, that is how you have this attitude of giving and and growing people. What I love is, is that most people that are listening think that, you know, I have a coach, I'm an advisor and this coach is tactical on, you know, how many calls, how many this, how many that. Obviously there's coaching that you do there, but you spent the bulk of the time talking about having the right mindset and having the right balance. Because if you take all those obstacles away, then it's much easier, or I should say it's less hard to grow. And you've done a really good job of that. And it goes, it goes deep and wide, right? It goes real deep and wide. And thank you for saying that. I, listen, I'm big on accountability too. Yeah. And, and people always think I I don't, I don't need to be held accountable. And the reality of it is just, they do. And it doesn't, they're not being held accountable through me or by me, but it's through me. So my, a big technique that I leverage a lot is helping them to define what a winning week is for them. It's great. And it's their winning week, not my definition of a winning week. And then my job is to help them learn how to hold themselves accountable to that. To get it. And, and a great way of doing that is them, you know, uh, them kind of, I hate to use this word, but reporting into me on a weekly basis with their results of their winning week. And then being that mirror to help them understand, Hey, here's some areas that you probably can improve on, or here's where you're really killing it. How do we do more of that? 
So accountability is in place uh, with all these people. And I, I've learned a long time ago in, in life, at the end of the day, it's up to you. Yep. And there can be obstacles all over the place. But if you look at any successful person or business that has had extended periods of time of excellence in their craft or in their trade, they ran in and they run into so many obstacles. It's how they respond to those obstacles that really makes the major difference. And having a coach to be able to um, help them see that and keep themselves centered on what they can do to control themselves, I think is a really important ingredient. Yeah, it's massive. uh, And it helps me too. And and I listen, I have that sharpened my saw over and over again, because as these advisors continue to become more advanced, I had to be able to continue to be relevant with them. And so I've had to continue to study and read and come up with different concepts and um, incorporating this balance part of it is, is not newer to me, but it's become much more pronounced yeah. uh, in my relationship with these people. And I, and they seek that out. So oftentimes I'm, I'm getting a lot of calls, text messages, Hey, I need your advice on something. And it could be something completely having nothing to do with this business. Um, and I appreciate that. And I, I look for that stuff. Um, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and, it is. And well, back to what you said, I think that winners like to keep score and accountability is part of score, right? So I think that's really important, but let's go back a little bit here. So you have these people, you're coaching them, but when you think of an advisor and it could be any of the one, any of the people you talked about, it could be the, the guy or lady coming off the campus. It could be the veteran producer that's been around for a while. But two, three, four things, five things, whatever it is, what traits makes an advisor successful? That's a great question. I'll share with you from the beginning stages of getting into the business. And then I'll share a little bit about the journey that they go on and assuming they want to continue to grow. So I I think coming in, they got to have five traits that are just ultimately imperative. You can't have- Glad I said there's more than two. Yes. You you know, it's, you can't have 4.3 of these or 3.8 of these. You got to have all five. The first one's honesty and integrity. We're dealing with people's money here. This business is built on trust. The second one is they have to be an incredibly hard worker. They have to be willing to work harder than anyone would ever expect of them. The third one is they have to be coachable. They have to be the type of person that is willing to grow and wants to grow and learn and take feedback. Is it is it safe to say though on coachable that if they're not, they'll probably hit a ceiling of complexity and not be able to break through? Unquestionably. And we've seen it over and over again. And then they finally realize it for themselves that they're not growing. And listen, if they want to stay where they are, that's okay. We'll continue to support them. But most of, as you know, our advisors here want to continue to grow. And yep. I think that's a a trait that they've learned over the years. And, and you're a big reason for that, Paul, because of your growth mindset. And you and I are very similar in that regard. So they're getting it from all angles. Right. Um, so good. Don't, I know I took you off. Yeah, track, that's okay. What's the other tip? The fourth one is you got to have a genuine desire to help people. If you're, if you're, if you come into this business thinking that, yeah, you're just a great salesperson and that's why you want to be in this business. That's not what this is about. This is about really tr- truly bringing value to people and arguably one of the top three or four things in their life, which is their money. And some people will say it's the number one or two thing, but, um, and then the last one is you got to have some entrepreneurial flair. You have to be the kind of person that will, wants to be in business for themselves, but in our organization, um, it won't be by themselves. 
And I think that that's one of the beauties of our organization is that we truly are looking for that entrepreneurial person that wants some help, wants some guidance, maybe even wants a roadmap of how to get from where they are today to where they want to be. And we certainly have that roadmap. So I would say for a new person coming in and coming on board, those are probably the top five traits that must be in place. And if you don't have those traits, that's okay. Just don't get into this business uh, because it probably won't work out. As people progress, I think having the vision that you've helped create here and having steps along the way and checkpoints along the way of designing a business for a lifetime, uh, there's different things they need to execute on in order to get there, whether it's staff, advanced licensing and designations, becoming maybe published or getting much more involved in social media world obviously surrounding themselves with A-level talent in all areas, maybe even having complementary skills, um, working with other advisors uh, so you can leverage each other's strengths and weaknesses. There's a lot of different strategies that you can help them put in place to help them continue to grow on a continuum. Because no matter what you do, at some point they come to the ceiling of complexity and they they get stuck. Um, Here, we tend to provide that vision along the way so that's just a nice, smooth transition upward. Um, people always ask me, how the heck has this firm been able to grow literally every single year for the last two and a half decades? And I always say, there's no one answer. There's yeah. there's a journey we go on here. I think we do that purposely so that we don't give out the secret formula. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Although sometimes Paul will tell me, hey, you can share whatever you want. Most people aren't going to execute on it. You know what I mean? In, externally from here. Uh, but our guys internally here definitely have a roadmap. And uh, they use their own ingenuity sometimes and they use their own personalities to get there, but uh, they definitely have a roadmap. So let's, if you think of an advisor, right, the business has changed so much since you and I came in over 30 years ago, right? And you talked about like licenses and designations and being smart, but I think that um, technology has really, really changed our space. And when I say technology, it's, it's, is the advisor sophisticated enough or, or smart enough or savvy enough to use the tools that are in front of them. So tell me how you coach them through that. Tell me how you talk about it. Um, I mean, I think that I would say the people that you coach have all embraced that, but tell me how you think about it. Cause it was a change for you too. It was a major change for me. And I think that if someone said to me, if someone described my day to me today, five or 10 years ago and how I'm leveraging technology and my team's leveraging technology, I'd be like, you're crazy. You can walk into my office now. I don't even really refer to a file anymore, a paper file. Um, so I think that for us, I'm lucky here. And our advisors, I think are pretty fortunate that you've made a decision to invest in a very real way in technology and resources around technology for us to just become more efficient and effective um, with not only internally our practices, but also with our clients. Mm -hmm. So for me, um, I've latched onto those tools um, and leveraged the, the, the people here to make sure I like can leverage them in a way that will work for me. Um, And our advisors have just done the same. It's been a natural progression. And what I think we've witnessed in their continuous growth and my continuous growth is that by leveraging this technology, you're just able to see more people, coach more people, whatever your role might be here in a much more effective and efficient manner. 
And because of technology and because of the notes or whatever, the follow-ups that are needed, our advisors are always touching clients at the right time rather than just kind of winging it, if you will. Uh, And the same thing with me. Like I, I have an advisor service model. So I know no matter how I slice it, my system is set up that I'm meeting with Johnny every month at the same time, every single month. Johnny's on board with that. And we just pick up right where we left off the last time if we hadn't spoken in the last month. Uh, of of the takeaways to make sure that we continuously make progress. So technology is, I'm all about it now. I love it. And I can't even really imagine, I would not be able to do what I do every day right now without the use of technology in a very real way. Yeah. And I think if you're sitting here, if you're driving, go back and listen to this part. But if you're, uh, if you're sitting down, like there's a couple of key words here, right? You're scaling. He's able to help his advisor see clients when the windows open. I think the value that their practices are worth because they're so organized. And one of my last conversations I had yesterday with someone was about when you look at the industry, so many of the companies have so many different backend systems that if you don't find a way to organize it, which you and the firm has been able to accomplish, it's just making advisors grow dramatically and it's helping them break through some of the ceiling because they know when to see the client at the right time and how to have less clicks on a daily basis. So and I think they're also connecting all that. The end result of that is not only incredible service to clients, but they're building a business that has equity. Yeah. That's saleable Correct. in the future. And I think you asked me the, the question about one of the things that's changed. That's changed. So we're fortunately for us in our setup here, our, our advisors own their businesses. And this is a saleable asset for the future. So typically when someone's an employee and they're working and you, you would think that they would be a hundred percent all in all the time, but they realize they have no ownership, right? There's a different mentality when you have ownership in something and our advisors do. And because of that, I think that they just take more seriously the technology opportunity Um, because they know that over time, that's just increasing the value of their business. Well, it's interesting. You're not, it's not like we're trying to sell our houses and painting and putting a new kitchen floor in. They're doing it all along. You got it. Not only to make it better, but then to also have the residual effect of that, which is really cool and great coaching on that. You got it. So let's talk about, you know, I've known you've met advisors from outside or you've coached advisors internally that at some point in their career, something happens. You said it earlier, but let's be specific on it. Someone hits like this ceiling. They, they're, you know, two years in a row, they're kind of flat and they're coming to you and there's some things maybe they're doing differently or some things they're not changing. Like how's those conversations go? What do you do? You know, um, and, and maybe some of them are really down on the industry. And really they, they have to look inward and, and your, your role is to help them do that. So tell me what you do. Yeah. And they probably would never think that they would have done some of the recommendations that we provided to them ahead of time. But now that they see the results of that, they're, they're all in and they, it just, you only have to do that once with someone. But uh, a lot of times I ask the question, if you're sitting here, Paul, uh, you know, 12 months from now, what has to happen with your business to make you feel like, you know what? That was an incredible last 12 months. I'm ecstatic about where I am. I'm pumped up about where I'm going. What does that look like for you? 
And then you have that advisor or whoever it is that I'm coaching articulate that to you. And obviously more, more times than not, that's a way different look of the business 12 months from now than it is today. And then I'll ask the question, what do you got to do to change it or get there? And they may have some of the answers. They may not have some of the answers, but my job is then to help them identify maybe two or three things that they need to execute on. It could be hiring an assistant. It could be getting a junior partner. It could be teaming up with someone else because they simply can't run the business on their own um, and help them to execute on that. We see this over and over and over again. And the comment I just made before is so important that once they do that once and see positive results over time, that becomes a contagion. So they have blind faith. Then. Blind faith to start, but many examples around them. But then after that, it's game on. And, and whether it's building scale, whatever it might be that they have to do or get out of their own way and you know get into the new world. I just coached an 82-year-old gentleman this morning. He was upset that he can't be driving. He, he, he feels like he's losing energy to drive to clients' houses and see them at their homes. And I, I told him, I said, listen, um, it is tiring. <laughs> it's tiring for a 40-year-old to do that. <laughs> like, why are you doing that? You don't need to do that anymore. And by the way, the people don't want you to do that. And I had to help him understand that. And he happens to be pretty, pretty good and talented with the technology. I said, this is a blessing for you that the business is set up the way it is today. You need to grasp technology and you probably see way more people than you could see if you were driving around. And by the way, your energy level is going to be yeah. way higher. Yeah. So everyone's different. Sure. Um, but that's, that's what I see. And, and you know what, Paul, this happens is it, it, it happens all the time. It happens, it happens every day for me because I coach so many people, but everyone's always at a different point. And fortunately the mindset of this organization is, is one of growth. So they're always looking for that next thing that they need to do. And my role is to, is to first make sure that they're doing the basics really, really well. So then we can move on to that next step. Yeah, that's great. So you, you said something in there that I was going to go to next and you teed me up perfectly. So, you know, you meet a lot of advisors. I talk to a lot of advisors here outside, you know, conferences, whatever. And you hear this buzzword, well, I want to build a team. Well, I want to be a team. And, and, and really, it's kind of like the technology question, right? They're saying, I want to scale up my practice so I don't have to do some of the things I'm doing. I can have other people help me do that. And then if they're not, you know, getting coached properly, you see them three years later and they're like, uh, you know, I don't know. I haven't found the person yet and all that. So tell me what you do. Someone comes to you, they want to build a team. Do you help them find the people? Do you coach the people that you put on their teams? Like, how does that all work? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's funny because, um, you know, the people that do want to, and we believe in teaming here, we believe that again, you just surround yourself with a level talent, you get better results, you bring more value to clients, but, um, but you also have to be careful what you ask for, because as you know, we have a lot of our people here that are running major, major teams uh, within the Barnum Financial Group, and they have to improve on their skills from a leadership perspective and coaching others. And yeah, because it's a different business. Now. It's a different business. But for those that are kind of stuck in the mud a little bit and think they want to be part of something bigger, that it starts with that. Um, and it also starts with realizing that when you do that, there's a level of accountability that you need to engage in with someone else that maybe you weren't uh, engaging in before when it was just you. It's easy to let yourself off the hook. It's not easy to let other partners off the hook or, or to have them let you off the hook if you're not 
executing on your end. So yeah, I do exactly what you would think, you know, you would normally do, which is find out a lot more about their strengths and really what their weaknesses are or things they just don't want to do and, and then help them to find that match. And it always starts with, um, you know, I'll set two people up, let's say, and it's about synergy. They could be the perfect complement to each other, but if they don't like each other or if yep. they don't have the same values, it's not going to work. So, you know, you have them meet together and, and kind of work it all out and then uh, have them really start to plan out what the next steps would be. Or um, like this morning, I met with a team um, that they now feel like, and I now feel like they're ready to have a junior associate. They had come to me about seven months ago and they said that they really need a junior associate. And I had shared with them very directly, you guys aren't ready for that. And, um, but today they are ready for that. And, uh, so my job is to help them find the talent, make sure there's a synergy there and then help them to execute on that. And yes, I'm, I'm still involved in the accountability aspects of it with the team and with the junior or whatever the case may be, but, and it's a journey. I try to help them understand this isn't going to be perfect. And this is a work in progress, but over time they'll start to see the benefits of it. Right. And as a leader, you just, you just came backwards and said, uh, what you said earlier about having, uh, five traits of an advisor. One was being honest, but as a leader, you have to be honest and be willing to have that hard conversation to say like, Hey, you're not ready and come back when you are. And here's the things you need to do. You're not just leaving it up to them to go do it on their own, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And I think, listen, uh, I learned a long time ago. I read a book, uh, I read a lot of books, but I, one of the books that strikes me as being a really good one for uh, new or young leaders in the business of any business that doesn't have to be our business is the five traits of successful leadership. And one of the things that always resonated with me when you have someone get into leadership right away is that, you know, you were appointed into leadership, not anointed. Yep. You have to earn the respect. So to your point, I think I've worked really hard over the years of being very consistent, um, very reliable, uh, very loyal and very honest with people so that when I give them feedback about something, I may or may not be right, but they realize that I, I'm doing it from my heart and from my knowledge. And they usually take that advice um, so that I can be blatantly honest with someone and say, listen, you're messing this thing up, bro. And then here's why it's no other, it's just honesty. It seems to work pretty well with me right now. Yeah. It's amazing. I, I'm, and, and I don't want you to answer this, but it's just, I'm surprised that you, uh, we were away on a trip recently and you were reading a novel versus a, <laughs> versus a business book. I, I had to get it. I had, it was like enough is enough. I got to give my mind a break about business for a minute. And actually it was pretty enjoyable. It's funny you say that because it was a 600 and something page book when I got it, someone recommended it. I'm like, are you serious? This thing is like, I don't know if I've like, this is a lot of pages here. And honestly, I whipped right through it. it I guess it helps when you go to Hawaii and you're on a plane for 10 and a half hours, but, but listen, let's, you know, finish this thing up yeah. on on you. So what's next? Like, you know, you, uh, you told me the other day, I'm having more fun than I ever had. Yeah. And you, you know, you, the skills that you've earned and grown and, uh, you know, where are you going? What's next for me is, um, you know, and, and what I shared in the beginning a little bit about the balance part of this thing from a business perspective, I've never been more inspired than I am right now. So awesome. I just want to continue to bring in the right talent, and continue to help these advisors grow. And as they 
many of them having families and having kids go to school and eventually those kids graduating and eventually those kids getting married. It's, it's a whole different world of coaching that I really enjoy. And it's really fun to watch these families grow and have them continue to grow. I'm sure I'm going to be heavily engaged in people wanting to sell their businesses and turn over their businesses to the next generation. Um, for me on the business side, there's a lot of, a lot of things I'm looking forward to as it relates to that type of growth. Personally, I, I want to, I'm constantly in the game of trying to get in better shape, um, uh, be really strong mentally as well as physically enjoying my family as they grow and now start to get married and buy homes and all that other stuff. Um, I'm very focused, Paul, on getting my golf game to where it needs to be. Um, I had a little setback last year, so I'm trying to respond to that and um, get to the next level of golf. Um, And it's funny, you know, we talk about when I was a kid, an athlete, my mother could never get me inside. I was practicing all the time. And with our advisors here, we're constantly working on them getting their skills to where they need to be. But for some reason, I think I could just go out on the golf course and just play around. And all of a sudden I'm going to get better without really playing enough. And that's not going to happen. So I got to figure Take out your own advice. Yeah. How, how I put the, 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 the practice into this game a little bit more to get to where I need to be. So um, I think that's on the agenda too, but all in all, I'm, I'm ecstatic about the future. Feel really good about uh, everything that's going on. I appreciate your leadership um, and friendship. It means the world to me. You know, one thing that's just, I just, you know, always think about us, how grateful and thankful I am for where I am in my situation in all areas of my life. And certainly being part of the Barnum family is a big piece of that. So. Well, thank you. I'm I'm super grateful to have met you to uh, share this journey with you. And, uh, you know, I look forward to an amazing future and you're crushing it. But uh, guys, when you're listening, you know, um, name of the show, Small Steps, Big Wins. If you listen to this episode, it's all Joe's built his whole business on little small steps has generated massive wins. And, uh, you're looking at the best leader in the industry right now. And, uh, if you're, if you're listening, reach out to him. I know he'll always be there to help people. Even if you're not part of this firm, any firm in this business or an entrepreneur, uh, you can take Joe's coaching and I'm sure it'll help you get to, uh, get through a situation or to the next level. So Joe Lepresti, thank you for being here today. Thanks. Thanks for having me. You got it. it. See you guys. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Small Steps, Big Wins. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Every bit helps. You can also follow us on Instagram at Small Steps, Big Wins. All opinions expressed by the program participants are solely their current opinions and do not reflect the opinions their respective parent companies or affiliates or the companies with which the program participants are affiliated. Investments or strategies mentioned in this program may not be suitable for you, and you should make your own independent decision regarding them. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you you should strongly consider seeking advice from your own investment advisor. Securities and investment advisory services offered through qualified registered representatives of MML Investor Services, LLC. Member SIPC, 6 Corporate Drive, Shelton, Connecticut, 06484, telephone number 203-513-6000.